preach the truth. It's the truth that sets men free. Well, you want to be free this morning? You got to have truth. It's not what somebody says about you. It's not what somebody uh, can do to you. It's truth that'll set you free. So no matter what's going on externally, if you got the truth inside, you're free and it'll walk it out. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 54. I'm ministering this morning on a series that we're calling, I'm Always Right. <laughs> would you point with me to yourself and say with me, I'm always right. I know that's provocative. I know the Bible says to think not of yourself more highly than you ought. So we won't. We'll just think exactly as we should. I'm always right. And it says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14, in righteousness, in righteousness. I know this is Isaiah. I know this is Old Testament. I know Jesus came after this and changed everything about our life. But there's some principles that are bedrock and foundational. And the Lord says, in righteousness shall thou be established. So there's a command there for you and I to be established in righteousness. There's so many things we could say. Well, be established in not sinning or be established in giving or forgiving. Well, yeah, get that in your life. But he says, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. Now I want you to get the connection there with me this morning. He says, be established in righteousness so that you can be far from oppression. Christians ought not to have depression and oppression. I'm waiting on the amen. <laughs> we ought not to be. Well, you know, in, in America, we don't cast out demons. We don't uh, preach uh, against uh, the, the stronghold of devils. We medicate them in America. We just say, take this and, uh, and call me back next week and I can give you some more if that didn't do it. But the Bible says that in righteousness, we shall be established. That everything that's built into our lives is on the foundation of knowing who we are, what happened at the new birth. So that makes it important, doesn't it? Amen. It says, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. It's important. What's your reason for being established in righteousness? Fear is the greatest monger of all of our lives. We said last week, what could you do if you weren't afraid? What would your potential be? What would you step out on? What would you dare? What would you risk if you weren't afraid? If there wasn't some sort of downside potentially out there when you did what was in your heart to do, but you were afraid. Uh, my grandparents, I, I, uh, on my mother's side, they bought a little farm in O'Donnell, Texas, and uh, a, a piece of land came up next to Grandpa's place for sale. And it was, a, it was right there next to him. It, you know, if it sells to somebody else, he could never have it. And uh, he just, he was afraid. The times were tough, and I'm here to tell you they're always tough. They're, it's not like, well, we've been through good times. And he wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't step out, and so his life remained small. Well, I'm not even saying it was good or bad that he bought it, but I'm saying that everybody think, thought he should, and he didn't because he was afraid. What have you done? What have you missed? What have you gone around in your life that you said, I just can't do that right now. I'm afraid. You might call it by other words, and you, you know, well, we're, we're just waiting or whatever, but the truth is fear dominates almost all people's lives. But he says here, in righteousness shall, y'all, sh, 
shalt thou be established. We must know who we are. If you don't know who you are, the devil will tell you what he thinks you are. He will express himself in terms that fit according to your personality, according to your experience, your past. He will, he will explain your life away, and it'll be in such a way that you'll say, that's who I am. And he said, be afraid, be very afraid. In righteousness shalt thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Well, we're commanded to resist fear, and he says the way you resist fear is to become established in who you are, in righteousness. I'm always right. Hallelujah. Then he goes on in verse 17. Uh, well, verse 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather to get together against thee shall fall for thy sake. We're talking about the established man, the man of righteousness. The enemy will fall. And he says it a different way in verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. We love that scripture. We love to just say, no, devil, you can't have me. No weapon that you form will prosper. But the context of that is, thou shalt be established in righteousness. Because you can, you can hold your fist up and you can holler at the devil, the unseen and the circumstance, but you won't last. You won't outlast the trouble unless you're established in righteousness. And it doesn't matter how you start out. It matters how you finish. And to finish, you have to be established in righteousness. So I believe, and you can agree with me if you want to, that it's the most important thing about church, going to church and going into the Word is always studying who you are. When we go to the New Testament to study, to meditate, we understand the four Gospels tell us that God loves us. Sent Jesus, Jesus came and, and changed our lives. Went from being unacceptable to God, a revulsion to Him as a sinner, to being absolutely accepted in the Beloved. But then after you get born again, if all you hear is that you ought to get born again, the message gets a little tired. It gets a little tired, and uh, you, you know, if, you, if that's all you hear, you ought to get born again, then you have a, have a feeling in your life, well, I need to get resaved. I need to get rededicated. I need to go to the altar and commit to God. And, and if they preach condemnation, well, you, you sorry rascals, you, you've messed up since you got saved. You got to go get resaved. And so you have this, this thing of condemnation all the time. So we ought to get over in the epistles. What do the epistles? That would be Acts and Romans, Corinthians. That would be uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That'd be Jude. All those books in there, Peter. That'd be telling us who we are. Who am I? What is the church? So we ought to stay in there. Turn with me, if, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 28. We've been looking at this scripture. Now... There's a lot of details in this message. I'm going to preach for pretty much as long as I want. You might not come back next week, but I've, I've got you captive this morning, so I'm going to, I'm going to one-shot you as best I can. But the, the, whole, the whole emphasis, what, what are we doing? Are we just preaching good? Are we just preaching do good, don't do bad, do the best you can, get along with folks, and, and don't, don't do bad things, keep your nose clean, and you're like, we know when we mess up. 
We don't have to preach about the, what sin is and, and don't do bad. We already know don't do bad. We're born again. We already know when we do bad. And what you might do is it, that might be bad for you, but for a new, a new convert, it's not bad for them. Right. We're not saying it's good, but they, if you don't have revelation, if you're not convicted, then you don't know not to do it anymore. So we have to all grow up. I got to grow up. And I'm still growing up. I, aren't you growing up? We're growing up things that the Lord's telling us. It's a little narrower over here, but boy, it's better. It, you, you'll live without trouble. You'll live without fear. You'll live if you'll just come over here and be a little narrow. Just hang in there with me. So it says in uh, uh, Proverbs 28, says a truth. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Isn't that an anomaly? Think about that. Someone running away when nobody's behind them. You go, well, that's crazy. We all do it. We all do it. We're all in fear of what might happen. We have a thing of, of action and reaction where we say, if this happens, then this is what's following. But it's not true. It's a weapon formed against you, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to prosper. It doesn't have to come to pass. So we should, we should take that and say, just because they're, they're letting everybody go at my job has nothing to do with my future. It may mean I've changed jobs. It may mean Uncle Jack sends me it. It may mean a hundred things, but it doesn't mean demise. It doesn't mean negative. It doesn't mean little. So we, ha we have to get where we're not like the wicked who flee when no one pursues. It's like, I'm not fleeing from anything even if they are pursuing, but for sure I'm not going to be an idiot that's running around fearing the unseen, the unknown, the undocumented stuff that's in the world because we're in it, we're not, we're not of it. So hallelujah. Verse, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but... So here we have the contrast to the righteous. They're bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. We said that it's the wicked means the righteous... The, excuse me, the unrighteous and the righteousness yet condemned. We're going to do a little children's church this morning. Amen. Go girls. Yay. Okay, everybody's back on track. The wicked, the unrighteous and the righteous yet condemned. In other words, the righteous, but they don't know they're righteous. Because the Word says to be established in righteousness. So if you're not established, you could be righteous, but not know it. Well, those are what the Word calls the wicked. The word wicked there is also translated the unbeliever, right. the sinner. So the wicked flee, the unrighteous and the condemned flee, one version says, filled with paranoia, when no man pursueth, but one version says, but the uncompromisingly righteous. It, that's something we've got to work on. Well, I, I read it one time, I believed it, and that's the end of it. No, you've got to paint that room all the time. You've got to paint the room because unrighteousness, condemnation, guilt and shame, rejection are everywhere all over. And when you mess up, and we do mess up, do you all know we mess up? The devil, the devil, our own selves, we condemn ourselves and say, well, I'm not righteous anymore. Therefore, a weapon formed against me is liable to prosper. And he says here, but uh, the uncompromisingly righteous are bold as a lion. And we said they're bold because they're not afraid of anything. Say fearless. fearless. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you. Hey. 
Be fearless. Well, to do that, you're going to have to not just put on some sort of stance of, I'm fearless and I'm not afraid of anybody. Sure you are. Until you just, you don't have to growl. You don't have to pronounce who you are. You know, rich people, I tell you this all the time, rich people never mention they're rich. The only people that talk about being rich are the people that really don't have anything. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, amen. So the opposite of being dominated by fear is to be established in righteousness. Because when you're established in righteousness, there's a faith to, be, to live above your sin. So boldness... Do y'all know that God made us this way? We are absolutely, everything, like Melissa said this morning, how we think is we are all completely and absolutely reward-oriented. You may say, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I do things all the time. I hope for no reward. Even the good feeling that it has, says, that you have that says, I, I don't do it for any reward. Right there, that's a reward. I'm going to wait for that one to come in a little bit. A warm fuzzy. I don't care if they say anything to me when I give them a gift. You just have the warm fuzzy of saying, I did right. I did what was right. I feel good about giving. So all of us are reward-oriented. And we don't touch anything until we see the payout. Now, you'll do better once you believe this and you accept this because God made us that way. It's not even like, oh, you dirty dog. you you got to have a reward before you move. We all know about people that when they heard about you're going to hell, you're going to bust hell wide open. And, but you can, you can receive Jesus this morning and miss hell. Everybody's at the altar. Everybody's got their hand up because they want the reward. They fail to mention that you have to have a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, we're all, we're all very reward-oriented. And so we, none of us, will engage anything until we're confident of the benefits. Now, you may not believe that now, but I'm telling you it'll play out if you think about it, that we are a little more, it's, it's not carnal, but it's a spiritual mode of operation. He made us that way. Amen. So when you see the benefits for being righteousness conscience, aware of who you are, aware of what God has done, aware of what happened with new birth, you preempt the downside or the anti-benefits that fear and condemnation of guilt and shame and rejection bring. You'll say, yeah, it looks bad. It seems bad. They say it'll be bad, but I got a benefit of being who I am. I can't feel it. I can't express it to you, but I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, and the thing that follows, therefore, is the benefits. I live above and not beneath. He always causes me to triumph. We begin to go through the benefits of being, I'm fearless. Are y'all fearless this morning? Yeah. Well, we should be. So, uh, Romans chapter, let's go to Psalm 112. Psalm 112, you're right there in Proverbs. Go, go west a little bit and get into Psalm 112. We're talking about being always right. We're not saying you don't mess up. We're not saying that, that my life is perfect in every way. I'm always, I'm always right. We're saying that it doesn't matter. 
We're saying when we mess up, it doesn't change who we are. And that old thing, you can be in a garage and not be a car. You can mess up, you can miss the mark, but it doesn't make you a sinner. Praise God. Psalm 112, look in verse, uh, let's look in verse 4. It says, uh, unto the upright, say, that's me. Under the upright, there arises light in the darkness. So there's context there. The upright, he is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. Who shall surely not be moved forever? The upright, the righteous. Y'all get that? You tired of being moved? Find out who you are and then get rooted and grounded, become established. It's the main thing. Well, do good. Now, I told you all about that man that, that uh, was on, he's in hospice. And he whispered to somebody. He told me, he said, I hope I've done enough. Well, you know, that's, that's, he's got troubles. Because it has nothing to do with what you've done. We all have sinned. And on sin's side, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Who? The righteous. His heart is fixed, established, prepared, rooted and grounded. His heart is fixed in what? I'm the righteousness of God in him. He shall not be afraid. (laughs) Don't you just love it? The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. And then it goes on. But there we can see. Now listen, listen. When you're afraid... You don't know. You're not established in righteousness. And so the more we become established, the more fearless we become. And I'm telling you, the number one thing, if you ask an American, but or any any person on the earth, what is the main thing that you want in your life? What's the overriding thing? And they'll say money, happiness, my family, and all that stuff. But actually, the truth is, if you boil it down, all people want security. They want a life that they're not going to bust in the door. They're not going to take my kids from school and never see. We, we all want security. Well, security is fearlessness. If you're not afraid of anything, when you know you can take care of anything, you can, your faith, your position, your, your, your place, you can get anywhere from where you are. Wow. Wow. And see, we've just concentrated on going to heaven. Well, just get born again, you'll go to heaven, you'll miss hell. Well, they, truth, yes. And, and beneficial, oh, yes. But what about between now and leaving the earth? I got a long life in my estimation. I'm a youngster. <laughs> That's what I'm saying anyway, praise the Lord. So, in, uh, so there's the necessity of having a righteousness consciousness is that fear will leave my life. The more I get established in him, the more, the less I'm going to fear. 
So if I'm fearful, what's the antidote? Established in righteousness. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1, please. We'll go to the little New Testament and see if this bears out. Romans chapter 1. Don't y'all love Romans? Oh, hallelujah. We could start in verse 1 and go all the way through chapter 16 and say that was good. But we won't. Hallelujah. Verse 16 of Romans 1. Paul said to the church at Rome, For I am not not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is what Andrew Womack says. It's the almost too good to be true news. It's like you can't even believe it. You can't even get your head around it. Your head can't comprehend the goodness of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You can't get around it. you got to get it down here where you just believe it because it's beyond your capacity to believe in your head. Our heads are not developed that much. We can get way out there. We can develop them. We can expand them, increase them. But his goodness still always go past what we can ask or think. Amen. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek or the, 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 the non-Jew, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What, what in, what's the therein? The gospel. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is written, the just shall live by faith. Wow. So, uh, the established church, and I'm talking about what we talked about already, the worldwide church, the church, whatever that is, the body of Christ, they are, they have an evil doctrine. Their evil doctrine is condemnation. Condemnation is their evil doctrine. And I say it with all sincerity, unapologetically, it's evil. It's not the gospel, it's not the good news, it's not the truth. It's not news that's almost too good to be true. Everybody knows when you do a bad thing and somebody says, look at you, you did a bad thing. There's no revelation in that, there's no good news in that. There's condemnation in that. So weak men in pulpits, let's say that, weak men in pulpits prey upon the weak mind's of carnal Christians. Let me say it again. Weak men in pulpits. Because it takes a strong man to preach the truth. Because everybody likes to preach and have everybody go, oh, yeah. You talk to people and they say all the time, I don't think we've been to church unless the preacher stepped on our feet. Well, what happened that you had to come back the next week and have him stomp on your feet? How come you didn't change? (laughs) Uh, No answer for that. Weak men in pulpits prey on the weak Pray on the weak, P-R-E-Y, pray. Take advantage of carnal, carnal, weak minds, the weak minds of carnal believers. So now here, let me just tell you this. What, What could you do? What would your life be if you were never condemned? That guilt and shame and condemnation were never a part of your life, your day, your hour, your thinking. That everything you did was without a sense of guilt based on what you did, what you didn't do, 
what you should have done, could have done, what you dreamed about, but then when you got right there to go through the door of it, you just couldn't go through. Nobody knows. Nobody knows you had a dream or a command or an unction to go through that door. You just didn't go through it. And you alone know, I should have gone through that. I could have gone through that. Who knows where your life would be way back when? Well, the Lord has a way of bringing you back around, but obviously there's years that have elapsed. There's connections that have dissipated, dried up, and he has to do it different. How many of y'all know the Lord has a plan B? When we don't get it on plan A, he has a plan B, but we suffer in the plan B. We suffered the unrighteousness, the condemnation, and we suffered in the now we have to work. There's, there's things that we're, we're clear paths, we're anointed, we're strengthened, just a clear shoot through. But when we didn't go there, we said, let's go around the, the old mountain again. It's never as much fun to go around in disobedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we, we know sacrifice isn't it. Uh, the Passion Translation says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first, and then people everywhere. Now, here it is. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. What does the gospel reveal? Oh, you can miss hell. You can, you, can, you can go to heaven. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about right now. Get this right, and that'll automatically be right. But get that right, so to speak. This doesn't mean anything's going to be right today and tomorrow. So you could get born again with the revelation, I'm missing hell, but you could, you could live in a kind of hell here on the earth. The same as the sinner, and they're in torment. So it, he goes on there, and uh, he said, uh, the gospel unveil, unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. When? When we believe. When we, a perfect righteousness that is given to us when we believe, and it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. So it's that old thing, you, if, if you want to feed a man, you can, uh, for one day, you can give him a fish, and if you want to feed him forever, give him a fishing pole. That sort of thing. You, we can live by faith every day, and every day we have to get up and reappropriate faith. We have to start over, as it were, because this is a new day, and i got to get in faith about this, and i got to get in faith by, about that. Do you all know I'm, I'm talking about almost all Christians? Every day they have to appropriate a new measure of, it's even almost like works. Like today i got to get up and work myself into faith, so that I can have a life of grace. There's something a little contrary there. He said, when you get established in righteousness with this gospel, with a perspective, with an angle, with, a, with an outlook to say, I'm not going to get up every day and live by faith. I'm going to, what did, what did he say? I'm going to live by faith. In other words, you get up with a sense of, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm not afraid of anything. 
And then therefore, this is a good day. This is a good life. And there's no labor in it. There's no working yourself into faith. Once you establish yourself in righteousness, bless God, I am a child of Almighty God. He is my Father. He loves me, would do, has done, and will do anything for me. The devil is a wimp. He's just a blustery old devil, and I pay no attention to him. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, so they don't matter. I'm not going to get upset no matter what anybody says to me or doesn't say to me. I'm living according to faith in who I am. And so you don't have to get up and say, oh, i got to go through my scriptures. Well, to get established in righteousness, we should. We do. And to keep ourselves in righteousness, we do. But it's not fear-based that says, I better confess my scriptures or the devil will get me. I'm preaching real good here, y'all. It's a perspective. It didn't change anything, but it changes the perspective of what is the real intent of my day when I get up in the morning? What is my real intent? Well, I I had to get up this morning and meet somebody at 6 o'clock, and I didn't pray my scriptures. I didn't didn't quote my my word. Therefore, and there's a contingency there, you never never know what the devil's going to do. He's going to try something. And you know, that's just not who we are. It's what we do sometimes, but it's not what we have to do. It's not who we are. The Amplified says... Uh, For in the gospel of a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. So we spring from faith of who we are, and it springs to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. He says if you get on the right thing, who you are, what happened at the new birth, what you have been become, who you, who the old man you were has been annihilated and destroyed. He has nothing and can do nothing about your present life. Who you were is gone. A new creature in Christ has come. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made, created the righteousness of God in him. He said, if you know that, you don't have to get up and live in faith, you just live by faith. You go, well, that's kind of confusing. No, it isn't. Major on the majors, and the minors will take care of themselves. You know what we always said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, the main thing is established in righteousness. It goes on there in the Amplified, and it says, For as it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright and shall live by faith. We're not afraid. Now listen, if you're not afraid, you're living by faith. If you're afraid and you have to say, okay, we got to get back here, and uh, here comes the big bad bully, and trouble's coming, and the diagnosis is here, and the job has said that, we got to come back here and load up some guns to come back out and see if we can match it. He said, ah, that's, that's a way, but it's not the way. Just say, mere devil, mere, this is nothing. This is nothing. Why? Not because of what he can't do to other people, but who I am. I'm Psalm 91. How about you? I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide 
under the shelter of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Is that truth? Or is that some flib-flab that you get up and just say, I'm going to paint me a shield around my life today. If I say this three times, well, then maybe the devil will, maybe God will, nah, you're going to do it again tomorrow because you didn't believe in any of it today. Now, you should quote that. I am not coming against quoting Scripture and, and rehearsing Scripture, but the reason why we quote it, that we get it in, is to establish us in righteousness instead of some sort of shield or some spear or whatever to try to, to... We don't know who we are. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Yay. Yay. The contemporary says, The good news tells how God accepts everyone through faith. Excuse me, accepts everyone who has faith. But only those who have faith, it is just as the scriptures say, the people God accepts because of their faith shall live. Live, prosper. The good news says, for the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. Well, just like that friend of mine that says, I hope I've done enough. How many of y'all know he doesn't have a clue of he, who he is? I hope I've done enough. That is, that's just the perfect uh, demonstration of what we were saying there. He just didn't get up and confess his scriptures one morning. Therefore, you know, no telling what's going to happen to him. Not me. It's happened, and I know it happened, and it's not going to unhappen. I am who he says I am, not what I've done or how I feel. Because I get sorry feelings. Do you all ever get a few sorry feelings that says, ah, this is a bad thing. I knew to do better, and I didn't do better. Oh, what's coming now? Everybody has those thoughts, because the devil's a faithful devil. Now, I read in the uh, Passion Translation, he, uh, Mr., Mr. Passion, has notes. So uh, I read, uh, I forget what his name is, Brian somebody. But he says, verse 17 which is what we've been reading, refers to the power of the gospel that imparts to believers God's righteousness. See, that's where we would all be missing is if we don't know it happened. Well, maybe, maybe I wasn't really uh, uh, a sinner that, that received the new birth, and maybe I just got half the new birth. Half of me is the old man, half of me is the new man, or whatever. Now, we'd never say that, but we would think that. We would analyze it to that. He says, the, gospel, the power of the gospel that imparts to believers God's righteousness, this is the justifying power that comes through faith. It is the righteousness from God coming into us who believe. Ancient texts taught that we move from what we once believed into believing in God alone for righteousness. So our quest is not like, oh, God, I got bills. I need you to supply all my need. Well, if you know who you are, that verse is just in there to explain to you your benefits. If you, if you get a policy from an insurance company, they send you a packet and says, here's your benefits. Now, you've already paid for all of them, whether you know them or not, read them or not, care about them or not, but we had to explain it. Well, my God shall supply all my need is just part of the benefits of being established in righteousness. It's like, well, what if I don't know that? Well, if you're not afraid 
and you're not doing something that comes from being afraid, you're covered. It's only when we're fearful. It's only when we open the door. When, when the thing we feared most will come upon us, Job 3 says. The thing you fear most will come upon you. Well, why are you fearing? Because I don't know, I might ought to put a guard up or might ought to go into action or might ought to go into battle mode or defense mode. So, well, why would you do that? Well, because you don't know who you are. You don't know what happened on the day of your new birth and that it wasn't gradual. Well, you know, God's not through with me yet, they say. Sure he is. You are complete in Christ. Are you? I'm complete. Well, what is it about complete that means God's not finished with me yet? Sure he is. Now, you and I are still working on reading all the benefits and getting who I am in because there's contrary reports. Yeah. I, you know, I, did, I do what I used to do back when I was, and I'm like, what is that up? I must not love God. God must, he let me do it. I, what all this trash talking is. You ought to quit trash talking. <laughs> Amen. So uh, he says uh, it means moving from impotent faith into the explosive faith of the gospel of Christ. You, you kind of get a nanny nunu on you about the devil. You kind of get a thing that says, I'm untouchable. Thank you, Lord. Now, not everybody can handle this. It's the gospel. It's the truth. But a lot of people want to be condemned. There's a certain amount of wallering that says, well, it's a big devil and I didn't do right. There's that, that, it's, it's sick. It's carnal. It's, it's not right to, to not accept God's word just because he doesn't appear in a mystical form and say, Jessica, I have come to tell you that you are this and I've done that. No, it's just in the book. That's all we have is the book and the witness of the Holy Ghost in here. But it's real. Actually, Jesus coming to your front door and knocking saying, I'm Jesus and I've come to confirm that you're born again. That's not as reliable as this because the devil has certain powers of imagery. I'm not doing very good this morning, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. So what could you do if you were never condemned by guilt? What kind of person is ashamed and afraid? And I'll tell you this. Now, here's my big statement for this morning, and we'll do a little more so you'll forget this and get past this. Christians that do not meditate the epistles don't know who they are and are condemned. And if you have, don't raise your hand, don't even smile, but if you are condemned and guilty and afraid and ashamed and rejected, you have not been in the Word about who you are. Because if you were in the Word, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if you were in the Word, Jude and Titus and Peter and, and little John, if you were in the Word, you would know, you would read, and you as a believer would believe that that's truth. It would confront, it would stay back. Everything that says you're a worm and not even a good worm. In the class of worms, you're not even a high-class worm. You're a low-class worm. You'll believe that mess. You'll just say, well, you didn't read the Word. Well, I went to church every week. Well, that's good. 
But you can't get it all here. We, we spend one hour, and you need many more than that. I need more, many more. So people that come to me with troubles, I love them, and you just keep coming if you need to. But it's a righteousness issue, and that means it's a meditation issue. You're watching the news. You're, you're, you're whatever we do, whatever we do that's not this, we're left naked and ashamed. Not having it. Because when you paint this on continually, you are fearless. And when you're fearless, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Because you don't even know the weapon's been formed. Now get that. Now just get that just a little bit. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. If you're fearless, you don't even know when they're shaking the guns and rattling the sabers and, and, and threatening you. You don't even know because you're living by faith, above, above. Not down here and says, ah, I didn't get my faith in today. I better, oh, the devil's after me. When you know who you are, when you get into this and have a heart to, not just to say, where's the part about me going to heaven? Where's the part about me? Nah, we're finding out who we are. I'm finding out who I am. You have no other agenda in your life. Everything works off of that. You go, well, what about health? Yeah, you're fearless. All these words of you've got stage this and you've got uh, mellow that or whatever, all of these things are words that come to tempt us to agree. Until you agree, they are fake, they are not you, they, they cannot touch you. Because why? Because you are who he says you are. You have what he says you have, and you can do what he says you can do. So how does the devil get his diagnoses into our lives? When we agree, when he comes through innocent people, the doctor that you and I went to, to hear what he had to say. It's not like he knocked on your door and said, I, I, I'm going to bust in and tell you, you got stage this. No, we went to him and said, he said, it's going to cost you 50 bucks. I'll pay, I'll pay. And then he told you, and as soon as you hear it, your heart sinks, which means the thing you feared most. It's there. It has arrived. It's in full form. I'm fearless. Say it with me. I'm fearless. Why are you fearless? Not because you say you're fearless. Because you know who you are. And when you know who you are in Him, when you know that you're not just covered with the anointing, with the righteousness, but it's been remanufactured. You, you, not remanufactured. The old man you were is taken away, and this new man, the little brother of Jesus, the little sister of Jesus, He's the firstborn among many brethren. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. Something happened. I wish I could say I was finally good enough, and the Lord said, well done, we're going to put you on the, on the gold standard. We're going to put you up at, at like the Olympics. We're going to put you on the top notchy and say, here you are. You didn't do it, and I didn't either. He did it. He did it. And all I did was say, I agree. I agree that the price was enough. 
Because when you don't agree with this, what you're saying is, what we're all saying is, I've got work to do. Well, you can never do enough of that kind of work. I'll do better. I won't do those things anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll be nicer. I'll give more, whatever. None of that. It's futile. It's carnal. It defies the price of the blood that changed, which was without cost to us. Amen. I got a whole other page, but we're not going to. I mean, this stuff rolls. This is the best thing you can hear. You hadn't heard anything this good. Well, I heard a little prosperity seminar, and that would really help me. Sure it did. But it didn't last. It didn't work. It didn't stay. You had to, you had to listen to it next month. You had, to, you had to think about it. You had to wonder if you were doing enough. You had to follow step one, two, three, four, and see if you got, oh, I didn't do number three just right, so here I go again. No, it doesn't work. The only thing those work in is to give us a method or a chronology to carry out who we are. It's just instructions. It's just like, okay, I've made you rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor. Why? So that the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus would be made rich. So are you rich? Let's have a better one. Are you rich? We sure are. Do you feel like it? Mm. Does it matter if you feel like it? None. Can you point to it in your bank account? We, that's not where it is. That's where it's going to show up, but it'll show up in a lot of other places and not a lot in other ways. But that's not the only place it shows up. And besides, I had enough. I, I'm telling you, I ate, just, I ate real good since Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, I ate real good before Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, in 2019, I did just fine. I never missed a meal. And neither did you. So you go, well, I'd like to have some stored up. When you have to have a nest egg, when you have to have a pad, when you have to have uh, stuff in your life, it just means you don't know who you are. Because there's manna every day. Every day. You get manna. I, 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 that word manna just means you get a supply every day. You go, I need some tonight for tomorrow. The Bible said when that actually happened, that was sin. And that if you tried to take up a Tuesday supply on Monday so you wouldn't have to go out, it would stink, it would rot, it would, it would decay. It, you think it's different now than that? It's not. So take no thought about tomorrow, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what you shall put on. Isn't that what the Lord said in Matthew? He said, take no thought. Well, Lord, let's take a little thought. Well, you can take, you can take all the fear thoughts you want. But you're going to have to battle everything that you fear. You're going to have to battle it. You're going to have shortage. You're going to have need. You're going to have deprivation. You're going to have lack because you stored up for what you can't store up for. Well, yay. Yay. I feel good, as James Brown says, because I knew that I would. Yeah. <laughs> Mess with me and I'll sing it. <laughs> I'll hurt you. Then I'll, then I'll come out there and heal you. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play a video this morning. Now, uh, uh, Barry, we can't, we can't broadcast this? No, nah, we can't broadcast. So you on, you on broadcast, you should have been here this morning because <laughs> we're going to see a video that you cannot see. But if you'll write us or email us or whatever, we'll, we'll send you the link and, or however that works. So God bless you. Be who you are, and you'll never have to be who you aren't.
Oh, that's profound. Be who you are and you'll never have to be who you aren't. Amen. God bless you.